You are now listening to the Dream Loud Podcast. Join us as we explore the significance of following your dreams. We hope you'll enjoy the ride. <laughs> You're talking about it. Stop it. I got all that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I got the Dan rant. All right. You ready? Yeah. Get this show on the road. Welcome, listeners, once again to another exciting episode of the Dream Loud podcast. As always, I'm your host, Benjamin Hall, here with my two co-hosts today, Dan Schiefel and Amanda Schiefel. Yeah. You brought the better one back this time. We did. Somehow brought me back, but you got the best one back this time. We got my wife here. Heck yeah, I did. So... Uh, we talk a lot about freelancing on the show. Yeah, because we're both freelancers. Because we're both freelancers. Yeah. And uh, one thing that always goes along with freelancing is plans change last minute. And they always they always do. So they did yeah. today. And so we're kind of shooting from the hip once again. And, you know, instead of saying, hey, plans failed, we just decided to shift our focus a little bit and we're going to do the best that we can. I think I think that's part of it in terms of like uh-huh. a freelance and and I I kind of want to explain in case you know, you, you aren't familiar freelance but freelancing, um, you know I uh, I work at the Latro Bulletin that's my full time job uh, but I also freelance for the Associated Press so basically for the AP uh, I'm paid per article. Um, my boss says, Hey, can you go and cover this penguin game? And I cover this penguin game and get paid per the game. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of free, you know, for anyone who might not be aware, um, same thing with USA hockey, you know, Hey, um, they're having a, a telephone interview. They're having a conference call, um, about people inducted into the U S hockey hall of fame. Can you cover this? So, yeah. you know, so, or can you go cover this morning skate and interview this guy for USA? So that's, um, I think kind of talking about that with plans changing, I think that's part of it and, and, and being fluid, um, yeah. you know, and, and just having that ability to be fluid where, um, and, and that's even in my profession, um, that's happened to me so many times where, um, you know, to have the ability to be fluid and flexible and, you know, I go into work and I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to work on this dealer preview and then the world turns on its end and I suddenly have to cover you know, like there's, um, a house fire or something that, I, you know, I mean, that's, that's right. happened or I have to cover, um, you know, a trial where somebody, where an organization is suing another one and I have to go to Greensburg and go to the prothonotary's office. When I, when I walked into work, I had no idea I was going to go to the prothonotary's office, you know, to pick up some, uh, paperwork that they have at the courthouse, you know, just things of that nature where yeah. you just have to be flexible in terms of like, if this doesn't get done, okay, we'll have to push it back to the other side. You know, I think I, I just think being flexible and and that's kind of here what we're doing now, and maybe a lesson for everyone else too. Yeah, it's it's definitely a, an important skill to learn and cultivate. And Fred Finley talked about that a little bit of you, just being a good problem solver. And yeah, not looking at problems necessarily as hurdles, but as uh, blessings. I think he said. Yeah, blessings said in blessings. disguise. Because yeah. if you have a problem come up, that means that there's something about a system or something working in your company that, you know, it just brings awareness to some, somewhere where issues can creep up. I think he, so, even, he even said that. He said, like, it's going in the studio. I'm going to shoot this. I'm going to shoot this photo. I'm going to shoot that photo. And our pipes are frozen. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like, no idea the pipes were going to be frozen. He was, I'm going to do this shoot. I'm going to do that shoot. This one's scheduled for this time. And that, and now you have to deal with frozen pipes or right. what have mm-hmm. you. And, um, and I think that's a good thing. Like it's, it's a headache whenever that happens, but, um, just to be flexible, 
Yeah. You know? Yeah. Just in that regard. Yeah. So, and being flexible today. Being uh, flexible. Yeah. What we decided to talk about was uh, advice for our younger selves. If yeah. we could give our ourselves. Because we're, we're pretty old. <laughs> we're getting older. <laughs> there you uh, go. Yeah. That's kind. And we were, we were thinking, okay, back, back to high school, back to maybe when we were sometime through our high school career, uh, those versions of ourselves being as much experience as we've gained since then, what's one piece of advice that we would give to our younger selves that we didn't know at the time that would maybe help our, help our lives out. So we want to know what yours, yours are too. I mean, you know, especially some of the older ones like us, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. Pass along. I'd love to hear. Yeah. Absolutely. Just pass along what, what advice you would have, you know, just kind of stuff that would help you, you know, stuff that, um, I know for me, like I don't have a lot of regrets, you know, or things I would do differently, but, um, there is advice, you know, that I'm definitely, you know, just with, you know, I guess with, with me, you know, Steeler training camps coming up. Um, and this is my 12th training camp, I believe 2007 was my first one. I think this is my 12th. Um, so I've been through this 11 times, you yeah. know, like I've, I know the pacing, I know, you know, I've been around the block with this and, um, you know, I, I think I, that that's where I can kind of equate it where like my first training camp is, was a lot different and I know a lot more now and I just, I just know the grind, Yeah, you know, and I'm just very aware of the grind and very familiar with the grind. Um, I guess that's the only way I can equate it right now. The only analogy I can put, but like, I'm very familiar with the grind 12 years in versus of course this isn't the first time this isn't even the second time that i've done it yeah. too um and that even you know and sometimes um the steelers change things too you know their their media and their media relations are awesome they're just great people um over there bert and dom and and um you know they're just really great people to work with but um but they change things around every once in a while and that's okay but again it's being fluid um and changing with it and um not only am i changing with it but it's not again it's not the first time so i'm like okay well we have yeah. to do this a little differently now I, I guess what the whole point of advice would be of giving to our younger selves is um, seems to me that life is a, it's a collection of the things that you have to learn on your own, like the school of hard knocks Yeah. It, in uh, at the same time, along with those things that you're wise enough to learn from somebody else. Sure. So the less, the less hardships you have to go through because you learned from somebody else's good advice, the better, I think. You're never going to avoid all the situations where you have to learn the hard way. Yeah. But I definitely want to be the person that doesn't have to learn every lesson the hard way. Well, I mean, look so back definitely to... definitely take some advice. Uh, you know, look back to episode 40 with Mike Medved. And one of the first things he said is how he learned from his mistakes. Um, right. I've learned from my mistakes too. You know, I mean, I think that's... You know, you learn you learn from those mistakes and you don't repeat them. And mm-hmm. whenever something happens, you know, you don't continually bash your head against the wall. You you learn from it mm-hmm. and you don't repeat those mistakes. And, you know, it's like if I if I went over and I touched your stove where we're sitting right now, <laughs> it's pretty hot. I'm not going to touch your stove again. Yeah. You know, and that's, you know, I just think it's it's along those lines. Yeah. And, mm-hmm, for sure. I think, I think too, like, you know, learning those hard lessons... <laughs> it's hard <laughs> by, yeah. by, de- by definition. So we want to focus on the things that maybe we could have, I guess we'll be focusing on the things we had to learn the hard way, but giving ourselves advice as if, you know, one of you, if we, if you're listening to the show and you're aspiring musician, studio guy, yeah. uh, child care worker, journalist, <laughs> um, 
or anything sure. or any bit of advice that you can grab from that. We'll be talking about things that we had to maybe learn the hard way. And if you could take from our examples and not have to learn the hard way like we did. Yeah. You're better off for it. You can maybe get ahead quicker than, than we did in those same areas. We hope so. We hope <laughs> um, I hope so. Yeah. And, and not just that, but I mean, we don't, you know, those lessons you learn, um, sometimes you have to learn them and it's a good thing to learn those, you know, you go through and you know, maybe it was a, a really rough lesson, but, but maybe it was a good thing that you learned it. Um, right. and, and not only that, but like you come along the line and you see somebody else, it's the same, it's the same thing. You see somebody else down the road and you see them going through the same exact thing and you're able to help them with it. Um, which is kind of the purpose, you know, we're going back and talking to our younger selves, but you can easily do this with anything that, that you might've gone. I mean, I think this is maybe even partly the, the crux of this whole podcast where like, you know, somebody, somebody's going through a problem or an issue and then, you know, we tell their story and then that's it. We're hoping that's able to help someone who's addicted to the drugs or has anxiety or can't get out, you know, get out of a rut or, or things like yeah. that. Um, yeah, I mean, it's just all about, and, and I think it's a good thing that when you do try and fail, then you can have that lesson to pass on to someone else. Yeah. Uh, I think along with that, you know, there's not, there's not a story to be told from just the wise, the wise things you learn without having to go through it. The story sure. is only to be told in the hard lesson. Right. So that's the, ben that's the benefit of it, even though it sucks to go through, uh, at least, you can turn around in a positive way and help somebody else. Well, and I, I go back to Mike Medved again. It was, it was episode 40 where he said um, some of the most profound things that he ever learned came through failure. Yeah. Um, he said, I, you know, he said, he said, you do learn things from success. There's things that you learn from success. He did say that, yeah. Um, but he said some of his most profound lessons he learned is, is from failure. And I, th I think you look around, everybody's, you know, pretty much everyone's most profound le lesson you know, like you don't, you see all the good things. You see all the, okay, well, this guy made it to the NFL or this guy made it to, you know, Major League Baseball or whatever, but you don't see that, you know, that failure that that person had to endure. And when they had the, when they were at the, at the end of their rope and almost quit and almost gave up on their dream, but then they, you know, and now they're Super Bowl champion or whatever, you know, whatever the case is. Um, you know, so I think, I, I think that people don't see that and then they work and have to fight through and, you know, maybe they overcame an injury or overcame different things and now they're on top of the world. And it was all through overcoming some of that stuff. Yeah. So without further ado, yeah. thanks for, oh, that was a great intro. <laughs> I try. Yeah. <laughs> Part of that listeners is coming out because we're just kind of going off the top of our heads. So it's fun to see but how, yeah, it's, it's cool Sorry. to see how the conversation <laughs> develops and stuff like that. But without further ado, I want to jump into um, the topic today. So I'll go first. You're up. And I was debating between a couple different things. And for, for the sake of time, maybe, maybe I'll talk about the other thing at a later date. But if I could give myself one piece of advice, my younger self in uh -huh. high school, one piece of advice, you are in control of your own destiny. Don't expect anybody else or the system to work out any part of your success. So let me elaborate on that a little bit. You mean hand things to you in that sense? It could be. You yeah. could interpret it that way. I think there's a little bit of that there. Uh, I think the best way to explain what I mean by that is through a story. Oh, I like stories. Yeah. It's so, story time with Ben. Story time with Ben. Yeah. Sit down on the rug. I feel like we need a whole... It's, 
and I don't want to disappoint anybody because it's not an actual, like, it's more a philosophical story than it is an actual story. It's not a real story. <laughs> so this is false advertisement. So no, it's a real story. It's like a parable yeah. kind of thing. I like parables. Um, not parabola like the tool song. Right. Or parable like the tool. Yeah. Go right. ahead. Uh, Get me off this tangent. So, so when I was in high school, uh-huh. uh, I just had this idea and this isn't, this isn't a bad worldview to mm-hmm. look at the lens of the world, but uh, I felt like graduating from high school, the the best way for me to, I guess, continue pursuing success mm-hmm. is to go to college, get a job. And I don't think I would have verbalized this, yeah. but I definitely had this underlying value of if I just work hard and get a degree, the system's going to take care of me that it will provide me a job that pays a lot of money. Almost that you're entitled to it. I don't know if I would say that I'm maybe not entitled, but entitled isn't quite the right word because it wasn't like I was willing to work hard. Sure. Right. You're willing to work hard, but it's going to happen though. Like there's no, I would call it more like a, an, an idea of viewing the world as a, uh, like a vending machine. Okay. If I put in these things, I'm going to get out this results. And get that bag of chips. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> but I think what I've realized as time has gone on since high school and after that is that you can't really predict you can't really predict what the vending machine's gonna give you based off of <laughs> what you put in what yeah. you put on or yeah. into it. So I think what I was doing in some regards was um, I kept thinking that if I put my, if I put my life into other people's hands, like yeah. my employer's hands, they'll take care of me. Sure. They'll provide me a wage. They'll give me a job. You weren't taking care of yourself in that sense. Yeah. In that sense. Yeah. And I'm not saying that those things aren't bad. I'm not yeah. saying that working for an employer isn't bad, but I think what I've realized is that nobody's going to look out for you as well as you're going to look out for yourself. Yeah. And I guess I'll reference a Bible passage because it just popped into my head. Sure. You know, Jesus said in the New Testament, love your neighbor as yourself. He didn't say love your neighbor more than yourself. You have to love yourself first. Sure. Then you can love your neighbor. So I guess the, the whole moral of the story is that uh, if you take your life into your hands, then the world is your oyster Yeah. or, you know, there's not a glass ceiling that's holding you back. You, you can reach as far as you want to. And I don't know where that value system kind of got into me or I thought, or I thought that way. I think right. a lot of it, I talk a lot about the education system, but I think that the way our system is set up, it kind of encourages people to just kind of fall online, learn how to take tests and go work for somebody else and, and, you know, be a good little, be a good little worker. Mm -hmm. And like a lot of, a lot of things about that are good Mm -hmm. because it teaches you to work socially well with other people, but it doesn't really teach you per se to dream big or take your life into your hands. You can do whatever you want and you can do whatever you want. Essentially. You're almost, you're almost in a box. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's okay to be in that box if you want to be, but if you're not happy in there, then you need to get out. Mm. 
you know, I mean, if, yeah, if you're, if you're okay with that and if that's what you want to do, then that's fine. I will say an important follow up to that though. Sure. I completely agree with you, but I will say that if you shift about that and realize I I'm ultimately it. responsible for, yeah. for myself, like the positive way of looking at that is I can go as far as I want. The negative side of that, but it's still true is that I'm ultimately responsible for my failures as well. And I can't blame other people for them. Yeah. And that's hard. That's not, that's not necessarily a positive thing. Because Whenever you do fail. Yeah. Because sometimes it happens. That requires you to deal with those feelings. Yeah. It's, it's easier to pass the buck and it's easier to think this other person is, is to be blamed. But, you know, I think that it, it would, it's a good exercise uh, just in your own personal growth to look at yourself first and say, you know, what did I do wrong to contribute to this? And sure. there might be outside factors, but if you look at yourself, I mean, that's the only thing you have control over anyways. Looking in the mirror and seeing who's staring back at you. Exactly. And seeing, right. And that whenever you do look in the mirror, um, you have, you know, you have the ability to control your actions and you have the ability to control what, you know, I mean, yeah, you have the ability to control, um, you know, yourself and your passion and your happiness. And, um, sometimes things aren't going to go well, but that's all yeah. part of it, you know? And yeah. it's, it's probably pretty, you know, it's not sometimes it's pretty much guaranteed that there's a point where, you know, things aren't going to go well and you're going to reach a point where, you know, you start to question different things, but as long as you feel you're on the right path, then you keep following that. Yeah. Um, yeah, at least, I mean, that, that's been my experience where you're going and you're just grinding and, um, I think Mike Medved talked a little bit about that too. Like he thought, okay, well I put this much work in, like I should, I should be, I should have this. Yeah, it's uh, ex exactly the same thing. It's toward the end of the episode whenever, mm -hmm. uh, he was having a lot of success at that time, South by Southwest and, um, that operation bundle up show and, um, the DVE he played there and he's like, well, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm doing all this right stuff, you know, and, and now, and, um, he expected like a little bit more, you know, and, and he kind of shifted his thinking and now he's doing wineries and he's totally happy with it just because he's still doing it. Like right. he's very happy. Um, and I think the same can be applied at least in, in my field of work too, my line of work um, in journalism, just because um, I've seen so many, so many people come and go. Um, I've been doing it since 2007. Uh, well, 2005 as an intern. Um, so I've been in locker rooms since, you know, um, in locker rooms as a professional, as an intern uh, since 05 college stuff since 04, 03, but 2005. So a good, you know, 13 years or so. And, um, I've seen so many people come and go and, um, you know, kind of, especially in the changing landscape of media that, um, you know, there were times whenever, uh, you know, people, uh, you know, the, the penguins win the Stanley cup and there are people that cover the clincher, um, in a particular city. And then they're not in the mm -hmm. press box with you that October, um, yeah. and they're, and they're very talented. Mm -hmm. They're very talented. Um, and you just think, man, if that can happen to, to this person or that person, um, it can easily, you know, system can easily spit you, you know, eat you up and spit you out. Um, it just makes you think about how grateful you are to be in that press box to cover the opener. Um, whenever they raise the banner, you know, mm -hmm. and, and just, uh, how easy it could have been you, um, to be, you know, in, in that press box, uh, or in that press box, whenever you, you're watching them lift the cup, you're watching people, you know, f 
fulfill childhood dreams. Uh, and then you're not there in October. Um, you know, you're sitting, that's, you know, thankfully that didn't happen to me. You know, yeah. um, I wasn't in the, I was in Detroit when they clinched, but I wasn't in San Jose or Nashville. Uh, but I was with them throughout those playoff series. And um, I, I always, always, always keep that in the back of my mind every time. Um, this isn't, but I, I just always keep it in the back of my mind that, uh, um, you know, whenever the Steelers lost to the Jaguars in the playoffs, uh, I left Heinz Field. It was the end of the Steelers season. And, um, you know, I like I said, I've been doing it for 12 years or so, however many, 2007. And um, my hope was that I would be back at St. Vincent College uh, in August. Um, it was no guarantee. It was not handed to me. It wasn't, uh, but my hope, uh, I, you know, I really love this kind of thing. I really love doing it. Um, so I, so that was my hope. And if it happens, great. And if not, then that's not what I'm supposed to do. That's kind of, that's kind of the way I take that, you know, as, as opposed to having almost, almost having it like handed to me, like I have a, I have a right to cover the Steelers. Yeah. And I don't, and I could easily, because like I said, some of those people were very, very talented. Yeah. Um, I could easily be spit up and thrown out and, yeah, you know, it's not true. doing that and not, not being fortunate to do this kind of thing anymore. And, and I'm very glad to, and privileged to be, to be, to say I'm still able to do it. It's yeah. a lot of fun. Amanda, did you have something? I'd love you. I'd love you to share if you have something. I might something if you don't have anything yet we'll have dan go dan's talked enough (laughs) if you if you had if you had like that was awful sorry if you had if you had like a memoir you're allowed to say that you're married to him yeah she is i'll hear it at home it's all right but i I understand i mean it's you know it's all right well you do you like to talk and that's what's good about you it is. Yeah, it's then I don't have to talk and I can just listen. <laughs> if you if you had a memoir, your memoir would be called wh- Dan whatever. talks way too much. Yeah. And <laughs> other stories <laughs> of how Dan measures time. Um, yeah, there you go. Well, I ha- I have a little bit of of a thought. Um, I have a thought. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that was perfect. <laughs> um, go ahead. My what I would tell my younger self is that you know because. I don't know if you've read the love languages book, like mine is service, but like eventually you start getting burnout doing all the service. Can you explain maybe the, maybe um, for someone who, for someone who hasn't read the love maybe languages not the book, book. Yeah. But just kind of, there are just kind of the concept behind yeah, it. There are different categories of your personality. So like gifts of service, acts of service, that's like a big one for me. There's words of affirmation. There's, quality time and there's like a whole bunch of other ones but those are the ones. Different traits of your personality. Different traits. Yeah. Um, So mine is definitely acts of service and it took me a really, 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 really long time to not expect certain people who live in my house that are to my left. It's me. um, (laughs) To speak that language to me, you know, and throughout my life looking back and I'll share with everybody on the podcast, I'm going through counseling right now because um, of things happening in my family with my mom and dad. Um, So just it's a good, it's good that you're going good, going to counseling, not good things happening in between my mom and dad. But anyway, um, so I've been learning a lot about myself and how I allow people to take advantage of me. And I have my whole life because I, I'm, Submissive, I guess, would be a good word to use for that. But I like to serve, so I think I think the the other term that doesn't sound so so terrible ter- terrible would be um, 
Oh, what is I the can't word? Think of one right now. Uh, <laughs> There's a better word keep, for it. Keep going, and I'll think yeah. of it. Yeah. Um, that I that I measure my worth on what I can do for people, and no matter what you do for people, it's never enough. And mm. it's okay to tell people no, and it's okay to tell people that you can't you can't do a goal that they want you to do, or, you know, like that's a really awful expectation that you have of me. Um, to tell people that, to tell people that, yeah. and it's okay to tell people that. And that's something that I'm learning now, just like in the past year, you know, year like and a half. It's okay to tell people no. It's okay to tell and people. It's okay. Yeah. Like it's okay. Oh, I'm, I thought of what the term okay, is. What is it? You're high in agreeableness. Yeah. I oh. am very agreeable. Yes. Yeah, you're um, right. I am very agreeable. You are correct. <laughs> you're right. I agree that, with you. I agree <laughs> with you, Ben. I agree with that statement. Um, just, just like that whole piece is something that I know a lot of people struggle with, you know, just because... Being people pleaser. Being a people almost. pleaser. Yeah, I do that. And you measure your own self-worth by what people think of you. And if you're feeling like they don't value you, you don't value yourself. So mm. there's a couple things that I have to do myself to to think about what I'm worth. And, you know, like, of course, I'm going to quote the Bible too. You know, like, God knows every hair on your head. He made you for a purpose. So, like, I'm, like, jumping around the Bible right now. But, mm-hmm. um, but... I feel like I need to quote the Bible a, verse now. You, you better. <laughs> there's sure. a high expectation of that, Dan. Yeah, I'm like... <laughs> but remember, it's okay to tell us now. But, you know, there's... <laughs> See, seeing how this is going tenfold. I like this. Um, but there's there's a purpose behind why you're here and what you do and how you do it. And the only person's opinions that matter are yourself and God's. So, and he made you in his image, so you better like yourself. And that's something like right now in just the past like three weeks that I've really been struggling with. Mm. And so as you were sitting here talking and I wasn't answering cause I, I was going through all the things in my brain. So I have a couple, but that, you that's you the one have, I'm going to focus on right him. now. Right. But yeah, but that was, that was a reasonable expectation though, because that's obviously why I'm sitting at the table. Answering Ben's question. Is answering Ben's question. <laughs> yeah. You know, the funny thing about, or the ironic thing about, having the the high agreeableness trait is it makes you work well with others. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the downside is is that so many people that are low in agreeableness wind up being yeah. like people in positions of power because mm-hmm. it's easier for them to make boundaries. Right. And not spread themselves too thin. I, I there's some there's some yeah. weird thing where like those type of people like just make better managers in general. Yeah. And it might just be the way that our system's set up. Maybe that's not the ideal scenario, uh-huh. but it kind of, it naturally, like even though the power of balance has shifted in an unhealthy way, mm-hmm. it just winds up being like, I, I, I can agree with, I can agree with your uh-huh. agreeableness <laughs> <laughs> or, or sympathize with you right. because that plays into a lot of things with, with business negotiations as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, when I say business negotiations, I know everybody's jumping to like wheeling and dealing, but mm-hmm. sometimes it just means like somebody has an expectation or wants you to do something and you might think that's unreasonable. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of stress and anxiety associated with telling 
that person that if you're high in agreeableness Mm -hmm. and so many times when you're actually honest, their reaction is not as bad as what it is in your head. Right. Exactly. And like, that was the other thing that the the counselor and like all my friends tell me, you know, like is making boundaries and this guy is making boundaries and it's okay to have boundaries and it's okay to say, I'm not going to speak to you right now, or I'm not going to help you move or I'm not going to, you know, I guess whatever, whatever you know, whatever it is, you know, I mean, yeah. And that's the hard part for me because I apparently value what people think of me and I really shouldn't like they can, they can think I'm crappy. Like it's to the point where I'm like, I don't care if you think I'm crappy at this point. Yeah. You know, and that, that to me is really sad, but at the same time, it's kind of freeing at the same time. Yeah. So, so that's my you know that, that there. I'm sure there is a happy balance to that. It's almost like the yeah. people that do care about the way other people see them need to practice not caring. Yeah. And the other people that don't care what people think of them, they need to think about caring about what people think of them a little right. bit more. It's right. like focusing on the the thing you're not naturally good at. Yeah. In a sense, I that's think, a great one though. Thanks yeah. for sharing that one. I think I know for me, like, you know, my hope it's it's kind of similar, but there's a little bit of a twist on it. Um, you know, I always do hope that the people like me, um, you yeah. know, that's just all I hope that people, cause I, I don't, you know, they're have so anything nice and say right now, if somebody doesn't like you, they're a jerk. <laughs> There's that one guy yeah. that There's doesn't one like guy we know of. True, but we a, will not tell that that's, story. That's a good story though. It's a great story. And um, if you get to know us, we'll tell you that's in right. private, not on the podcast. <laughs> we though. can't tell it on the podcast. <laughs> but there is that um, one guy. That's true. That does not like you. Um, but yeah, like if, but I, m- that's my hope that, you know, I try my best to, you know, be, be not, you know, um, and, and my hope is that everybody likes me, uh, cause I, like pretty much everybody, you know, but yeah. if somebody doesn't like me, like that's okay. Like they, they don't have to like, you know, I hope that they do, but that's their problem. That's not right. my problem. Right. That's not my problem that you don't like me. Yeah. You know? And if you don't like, I mean, I'm, you know, if you're, you're out there listening and you don't like me, I'm sorry, but you know, that's not, I like me, you know I mean? Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I'm confident in myself that, and I have, you know, you and my wife and my other friends and family that, you know, I have enough people around me that love me, um, that, that I love, you know, like I, I know that I'm valued. I know that I'm, you know, like, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I love myself, you know, and I hope that people like me, but if they don't, then that's on them. Yeah. You know, and, and, you know, to quote Rage mm-hmm. Against the Machine, you yeah. got to take the power back. Yeah. Quit giving the power. That's right. <laughs> of self love over to other people. What a great album. That's what that song's about, actually. It's about giving the power of self love. <laughs> right. Zach right. Singing about yeah. singing about love. Sounds just like him. What a great album. I was actually going to quote a kid's book, which was written by Jamie Lee Curtis, that's called I Like Me. And it goes through all the reasons why you like yourself. But yours is good too. Oh, I thought you were gonna. I thought you were gonna quote Rage too. <laughs> no, you no. know better than that. <laughs> so Dan, you're up. Yeah. What's, I think, what's your advice to yourself? I think for me, um, you know, I'm very, I'm very fortunate that I don't have. Um, you know, I'm 35 now, and um, yeah, going back to a freshman in in high school, senior in high school, freshman in college, sophomore in college. Like I, I don't really have anything that I regret per se. Um, so I'm very fortunate in that regard mm-hmm. that I don't have anything like that. Um, don't have anything like, Oh man, I wish I would. I mean, I'm very happy with you know, pretty, pretty much a lot. You know, I, I very fortunate to be, have everything that I have, you know, mm-hmm. just very fortunate and grateful and blessed. Um, you know, I think a lot of it though, um, there are times, especially professionally, 
Um, you know, I think the biggest thing, I guess, kind of, kind of would be slow down in a sense. Um, there would be a time where, um, you know, I would be so gung ho. Um, and Mike, again, Mike Medved talked about this and we kind of referenced this a little bit, but, um, you know, slow down in the sense that, um, I always wanted to kind of get to this place or that place or this. And I always had these, you know, huge things that I was going to do. Um, and not that I wasn't satisfied with it, but like there was always something that I wanted that was always more, I was always more gung-ho. You're always looking to the next goal. Yeah. And, and that's a good thing, you know, but it's not a good thing if you drive yourself crazy over it. Um, that's a great point. You know? Yeah. Like just, uh, and, and, um, you know, and, and I kind of learned that just because everything has fallen into place. Yeah. The, the way, I mean, everything is, as for me, it's always worked out and it's always fallen into place and, and I'm not being as, not being as articulate as I did before, you know, the, the, as everybody has, you know, that thought in your mind, you, you know, it always, it always comes out, it always sounds better in your head. Um, but I think that's kind of, kind of slowing down in the sense that like, you know, I remember like my first training camp, um, you know, it was the same thing. Like you always, always hope that you're going to go through and you're going to make all these different friends and do all this and that, and, and you're going to, you know, and, and, um, you have all these very, very high expectations. And then, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of hard to say, yeah. like, like just, um, along the lines, um, you know, I, I thought that, um, you know, I thought that I was going to get a certain job just because I, I knew certain people would didn't work out that way. I had to, um, you know, I, I had to go back and, and for a year, you know, I worked at a, I worked at a, uh, a weekly newspaper, um, you know, so I kind of had to take a step back. I worked at a weekly newspaper and I eventually ended up, you know, going to Latrobe after that. And but again, still everything worked out. I got back into the Pittsburgh sports scene and, you know, like I didn't, um, you know, I, I guess, I guess it's just, to, that everything would work itself out, you yeah. know, like I'm, I'm become more, um, you know, I think I used, I think I used the word docile earlier before we got on, on air, mm-hmm. but just more, um, you know, that things have worked out, you know, that, um, I've been able to cover two Super Bowls, that I've been able to cover, you know, three Stanley Cups and two U.S. Opens and, and that sort of thing. And it's all just kind of worked itself out, um, that I didn't need to be, you know, this, this outlandish goal, you know, like I, I didn't need to be mm-hmm. moving too fast. Like, oh, I, I gotta be here. Like, like I almost thought that I had to be, um, kind of rambling and I, I apologize for it because I, I had a better, more concise thought <laughs> in my mind. Um, but I guess I thought I had to be like, I thought I had to be at this level to do this, you know, this level to do that, but right. I really didn't, you know, it all worked out anyway. Yeah. Can I, can I jump in? Yeah, sure. Um, I'm not done. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> not done yet. No, go ahead. Yeah, think, sure. Please. I think that that's. I think that's a great bit of advice because uh, I'm sure you can relate to this, Dan, but yeah. in my field of work, whether it's gigging or sure. or the studio business, the constant or the, the biggest anxiety inducing element or stressor is even if you're working on the most amazing project you ever have, yeah, there's that thought in the back of your mind, well, what do I do after this? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of times, like, I mean, you're grateful if the calendar's booked up, but yeah, yeah. eventually that will come to an end. Sure. Yeah. There's going to be, even if you are solid booked right now, there's going to be a season in your life that happens where 
the the bookings are drying up. Like, well, I guess, well, I guess there's even n- there's n- there's not anything there. So before like, you before no, you jump yeah, in, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's that stress there, but I guess being able to take yourself out of the anxiety of looking to the future and yeah. realizing I only have control of the present right now. Sure. And even though I can't put the pieces together of how the present will lead me to the future I want to be, if I just focus and grind and work and do my best work in the moment, yeah. those things are going to work out in the future. Totally. They'll take, I mean, here's your Bible quote. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Matthew six thirty three. you know, he basically says, don't worry about the things tomorrow because Today has enough trouble for mm-hmm. itself. I'd like to quote a Bible verse, Matthew six thirty three. <laughs> Don't worry about the good. <laughs> That's, That's funny. You're I'll, right though. That's I'll, I'll edit it in and pitch shift my voice so it sounds like you. <laughs> Don't worry about the things. Of, yeah, um, or not even that, but even relating it to your field, um, when you are grinding and when you have a gazillion bookings. Um, what is the, I can relate it back to three words. What are those words? Making it big. What do mm. people, what do people want to do? They want to, they want playing. Big. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm a guitarist. I'm not a guitarist, but like say I'm playing guitar and I have this mm. band, like what, a, man, I, I got to make it big. got to make it big. I got to, and what is, what is making it big? Um, you know, maybe, maybe you play a gig at Heinz Field, but you want to be on, but you want to play festivals and yeah. that gig at Heinz Field isn't good enough. Or maybe you open for someone, but like, man, that was great, but I, got, I need more. I need more. This isn't, you know, making it big. Oh man, I need to do this. And I, well, what if, you know, um, people, people are so focused on making it big that, you know, and I always kind of look back at it like people always talk about the good old days, you know, and I think I might've even written, you know, they say, Oh man, I, I, I remember the day. Remember, remember that? Yeah, was, oh, this was so great. Like, what if you're living the good old days right now? Yeah. Like, what if you're living those days um, where, man, like, I got to play with this band, I got to play with this band, I got to play on this festival. Um, and you were so focused on making it big that you missed all of that. You yeah. You're so focused on and preoccupied with it. Um, I'm just a big believer right now in that things are going to work out. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I'm just very fortunate to have done what I do. And, and the hope is that I do the Steelers, you know, this, I mean, I will be this, this year, but like, you know, my hope is, you know, just to do the Steelers and the Penguin season and things like that. Um, but you know, it's, it has worked out for yeah. me mm-hmm. and I'm back again and I'm back for my 12th season and, you know, kind of going into, uh, we'll be going into camp here in the, in the next week, week and a half. Um, you know, so, so I think that's, that's a lot of it. And just that don't worry about, um, you know, the things of the, of the future and don't really fret about the things of the future and that they will work themselves out. Yeah. Um, that doesn't mean not to work hard. Right. It doesn't mean that you, you know, you, you still put that effort into it. Um, but don't fret so much that like that your heart hurts. Yeah. Or you know? almost yeah. like, uh, don't you, like a panic attack. You don't know? waste the effort you would put into working hard into worrying hard. Yeah. You know, because yeah. And especially if it's a dream or a passion that you have, um, you know, I've been fortunate enough that I've talked to the best best athletes on the planet, but I just love hearing their stories, you know, and that's, and, and how they feel about certain, you know, their, their, how, how they feel about their team this year, how they feel about, you know, I just, I just love hearing those stories and those perspectives because you hear it right from them. Um, I think that's my favorite part of all of it. And I'm, I feel very fortunate that I've been able to do it, but I've, I'm, I've been able to do it because it's worked out for me. Yeah. Um, and that I haven't, you know, there was a time where 
I worried about this or I sh- maybe I should be here or maybe I should be doing, you know, I've been doing this for however many years. Maybe I should be here right now. Mm-hmm. Maybe I should be at this level right now. Maybe I should be at that level. Um, but now I really don't worry about, it. you know, do you think about that? Yeah, you, sh- you do, but I'm doing it. I'm still doing right. it. Right. You know, I'm still in the game. Mm-hmm. So, so why worry? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. That's great, Dan. Thank yeah. you. Thank you so much, mm-hmm. man. I, I, I got a lot out of both yeah. of what you guys said. <laughs> no, it's, I think it's, that's great. I, yeah, no, thank you. It's yeah. Hopefully everyone else did. I mean, why, you know, I, I think, I think it, this might be the shortest podcast we've ever done. What are we at right now? <laughs> We're at just under 40 minutes. Is that right? Yeah. So I don't know if, if my buddy Chris still listens. He'll be very happy with a 40 minute episode. <laughs> yeah. Every time I see Chris, Chris is a very good friend of mine. Uh, I see him at, uh, in the press boxes, the Penguin press box and at the Steeler one. And uh, he's very, very, very complimentary uh, of, of the podcast. You know, I met him, right? Uh, I don't know if you met Chris or not, okay. but uh, very complimentary of the podcast and, and you know, what we're doing and, and our ideas and things like that. But uh, he always says the one thing he says, yeah, man, your episodes are too long. So, <laughs> so if we're at 40 minutes, I, you know. Yeah, that's that's good enough for your morning commute, Chris. Yeah. yeah there you go. You'll have to tag him in it when you post it. I will, yeah. And just say this <laughs> is the short one. Well, thanks for listening. We hope that our discussion today has encouraged you to dream loud. We'll see you next week. Bye.